Hello, my name is Rivi Frankel. Welcome to Torati Mecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today we will be studying Sefer Zechariah, Perek Gimel. Yesterday in chapter 2, we saw two different visions of Zechariah. The first were these four horns that had hurt B'nai Yisrael, and Hashem was sending four smiths to hewn them down. And the second was a man who was measuring Jerusalem, bringing comfort to the Jewish people, telling them that Jerusalem was going to be so large that it didn't have any walls. But at the same time, Hashem was going to act in all of his glory as the walls of Jerusalem and therefore for the Jewish people. Today we have another vision that will take up the entire chapter. And this is a vision where we see Yoshua, who is the Kohen Gadol, who we mentioned in Haggai as one of the leaders of the people in Israel at this time. And he is standing before what seems to be some sort of heavenly court. In Pasuk Aleph, verse number one, And so I am shown Yoshua, I see Yoshua, Kohen Gadol, the high priest, who's standing before the angel of God. And the Satan is standing on his right in order to accuse him, to prosecute him. It's interesting that we see that the word Satan, this angel who is Satan, if you will, it comes from the word Satan, which means to prosecute him or to accuse him. And so we see the Satan is ready to accuse Yoshua. Now, as we're reading through this image, we have to ask ourselves, is Yoshua standing here as a representative of himself for his own wrongdoings? Or is he standing here as a representative of the Jewish people? Verse number two, Pasuk Bet, Vayomer ela satan, yiga'er Hashem becha satan, v'yiga'er Hashem becha, habocher b'yirushalayim. But Hashem says to the satan that Hashem is rebuking you, satan, Yiga'er is some sort of negative. Some people will say rebuke. Some people actually, some of the commentators actually say, uh, imagine for yourself in those uh, cartoons where somebody would be like, let me at him, let me at him. And then a larger character would be holding on to the back of that character's shirt. And so they would be trying to run, but they couldn't make any movement. So that is also a description. Perhaps Yiga'er is a physical holding back. But either way, the sat- Hashem is telling the Satan, you need to stop. Hashem, who has chosen Jerusalem, is telling you to stop. This is a firebrand. This is a fire starter pulled from the fire, referring to Yehoshua. Now, it's interesting because when we see the image of fire starter, do we see the image of survivor, a piece of wood that is able to sit and despite the heat, it still survives? Or is it a piece of wood that at the end has already been punished and is now being retrieved? Is it a negative imagery? Is it a positive imagery? We'll have to kind of see as the vision goes on. Verse number three, Yoshua is standing in soiled garments before the Malach. Verse number four, and so the the angel stands before all of the people standing there, and they and he says, remove these soiled clothing from off of the kohen gadol, from the high priest." Behold, see that I have removed avon, which I'm purposely not translating for a minute. I have removed from on you your avon. 
And now you are going to be clothed in clean, beautiful, and the connotation is the priestly clothing. Now, avon can mean one of two things. Avon can mean sin. So behold, I have removed your sin from you. It can also mean guilt. And if we're going to say that it means that we've removed, that, that Hashem has removed his sin from Yehoshua. So then we see that almost as we're going back like we did in yesterday's uh, chapter, where we're going back to a time connected to Egypt, right? So yesterday we had this imagery of fiery walls that were connecting us to the Ananei HaKavod, these clouds of glory that protected the Jewish people. And now we're going back to a time where we're told that the Jewish people were saved and their sin was removed from them, despite the fact that maybe they weren't worthy. Or perhaps this verse could be telling us, I have removed your guilt from you. Yoshua, you or you and the Jewish people, you've paid your price. You've paid your debt. You have gone through your punishment. You can remove the guilt and let's start anew. And so those are two different ways that we can look at this verse. But either way, Yoshua is being given an opportunity to take off his dirty clothing and to put on clean clothing, a brand new start. And so in verse number five, they put this um, tznif tahor, this beautiful, um, clean, pure uh, hat on his head. And they put this on his head and they, they dress him. And the angel of God is standing. Verse number six. And so then this malach of Hashem, this angel of God, charges Yehoshua saying, he gives him the following instructions. Verse number seven, Pasuk Zion. The angel tells him that if, so says God, that if you walk in my ways and you keep what you've been told to keep, and you also judge my house, meaning the Beit HaMikdash, meaning you make it a place of justice, and you also guard my courtyard, then I'm going to be giving you the ability to walk between HaOmdim HaElah. Now HaOmdim HaElah could refer to the angels in this heavenly court, as we saw a few verses earlier, that that same phraseology was used, meaning you will be able to be pure and connected like the angels and the images that you see around you. That's one possibility. But omdim can also mean pillars. And so maybe if you have the imagery in your head that Yoshua is standing in a room full of pillars, and what God is telling him is that if you follow my mitzvot, you follow what you're supposed to do, you have justice and you keep the values that the Beit HaMikdash of the temple stood for, then you won't hit up against obstacles. You will be able to gracefully maneuver between these pillars. You'll be able to walk around the challenges of life as opposed to feeling like you're always hitting up against a new challenge and something else that gets in your way. So listen, Yoshua Kohen Gadol, you and all of the people that are sitting around you, 
Because for all of these people, I am going to bring a sign. I am going to bring my avdi, my servant, Tzemach. Now, Tzemach is a really interesting imagery here. Because when we say avdi Tzemach, very often from other prophecies, we associate this with Mashiach, with some sort of connection to the house of David that will never be cut down from all sorts of um parallels that we see in other texts. But if we use our own text, what did we see? What other kind of wood did we see before, right? Semach being a living branch. We saw a fire starter, a piece of wood that was dead, that was falling apart, that had survived the fire, but didn't have an opportunity to be planted and to grow anew. And so here we have this contrast. I am going to bring Avdi Tzemach. I'm going to bring my servant Tzemach, perhaps referring to Zerubbabel, perhaps referring to the descendant of David, who is among the people and the other leader, parallel Yoshua at this time, but also showing us that I am going to bring something that is alive, something that is able to grow. And from the fire, you will not be a piece of wood that can't continue. You will be a living branch that is able to serve me. And then we have some interesting imagery that a lot of the commentators are not sure what to do with. Verse number nine. And so this stone that I put before Yoshua, on one Stone, seven enayim, seven perhaps eyes. Hineni mavteach petucha neum Hashem tzvakot, umashati et avon ha'aretz ha'hi b'yom echad. And I will put into its graving, I will, its graving will be something that will be open, says Hashem, and I will remove again the avon, whether that's the sin or the guilt of the land on that day. And we don't know what this stone is with seven eyes. There's a very interesting um, idea from Rav Hirsch that perhaps it's seven seventies, ayin being the letter that has the numerical value of 70, which would be 490, which is the amount of time um, that the second temple stood. And also uh, when you include the 70 years of the Galut, so it's looking at this whole period perhaps of Bayat Cheney of the second temple and there's some sort of symbolism, but we don't know what this stone is supposed to do. But it is very clear to us that whatever this stone is, is part of the process of Yoshua, of the Jewish people, starting anew and being cleansed from their sin or from their guilt. And the last verse that we have of this parak of this chapter is verse 10. This is one of my favorite images in Tanakh. We see this many times over, um, also in the times of King Solomon. This was an image of peace. This was an image of when a man could sit under his um, vineyard or under his fig tree and just feel content. And the gethen, the vineyard, is something that we can eat just the way that it is. Or we can partner with God and change it into something else. We can change it into wine. And the te'ina, the fig, brings us back 
to the time in Breshid and the time when Chava and Adam realize that they're naked and they sew together fig leaves. And so here we are sitting under a fig in a time where sin has been removed. We're sitting under a gefen in a time where we feel that Hashem has wanted to partner with us again. And let us pray that we merit to see the fulfillment of this vision where we ourselves can actually sit in this time where all there is to do is to enjoy the beauty and the nature of Eretz Yisrael. Thank you for studying together. Le'ilo'i Nishmat Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat Alexander Sender.